People talking, hunters everywhere, doesn't get any better. I, the only thing I was wondering is like, is this headset going to mess my hair up? Pretty much a one species wander, so all I know is Samba deer, but the more, the more I think I know, the more I realise I need to learn more. There's a, there's a movement in the blackberry bushes and the cloak of invisibility gets switched off and Rogers appears. With the crazy world we live in today, many of us seek adventure of the unknown. Join the five of us everyday Aussies from all walks of life, share stories from men and women of all hunting camps. From tips and techniques to the emotional rollercoaster ride fulfilling a lifelong dream, there is a story to be told by all. Welcome to Hunting Camp Down Under. All right, so we'll start off with a shot. A shot? Yeah, sure. shot. Yeah, <laughs> shot yeah. every time. Yeah. <laughs> That'll smooth the throat down. Put you hurt the teeth. Put hair on your chest. <laughs> so Pete's been to the dentist today, so he's, his voice might be a little bit... Um, slurred, or maybe. Slurred. Yeah, now I've added Uzo to the situation. Uzo, yeah. Um, a bit of a warm-up. So in the guest today is Peter Manolis, who is a avid hunter. Um, I don't know too many guys, Pete and his brothers, who are pretty, pretty keen to get out there every day. And um, I've known Pete for five years, I think. About five years. The first time we, I ran into Pete was a cousin of mine was bringing him up to hunt the farm. And I'm like, God damn, he's bringing these city boys up. Like, there's going to be three of them there with their kids. It's going to be painful. But, yeah, it turned out to be some met up and had a really good time and, and exposed to a whole whole new, uh, I don't know, whole area of hunting that I never experienced. And I hadn't, hadn't had the chance to. And so then that got me into the club scene. And I never liked clubs because it was always a who's got the biggest dick, who can piss the furthest type of competition. And then Pete invited me down to their club, um, which I've now been a part of for four or five years. And, um, yeah, and I, it was everything any hunter should aspire to. So, yeah, so welcome to the podcast, Pete. Yes, thank you, Toby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah thanks for having us. <laughs> a bit of an intro for you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. So we'll get a bit of a background story. Um, so what your... Uh, your upbringing with your like I've been to your parents place here and they got the veggies and you had your bees out the back and yeah. all kinds of things so where did your hunting background upbringing start uh, hearing the stories from my father um, my grandfather was was a guide in his um, in his you know um, village in his own way uh, guiding um, you know wealthy Italians and Germans that would walk through and um, uh, sightsee the area um, and for payment they'd leave things behind like a, a jacket or a backpack or uh, you know bits and pieces that he uh, could use yeah, that he could use yeah um, it was really tough yeah they, they they you know went through some really hard times post uh, World War Two Civil War and uh, yeah so he would say in, in what area are we talking what uh, mainland Greece um, uh, and Sparta Arcadia borderline place called Cosmas and um, they were, um, uh, these villages were picked up high and into the snow areas um, simply because when the um, Ottoman Empire was ruling Greece, the uh, um, Ottomans uh, were too lazy to walk up there oh, in, in the winter in the snow to get the jizzy attacks. Yeah. They were under uh, Islamic uh, occupation. 
uh, for almost 400 years, and that's why Greeks decided to go high up in the hills, yeah. away from the Jizzy attacks and uh, whatnot. So, um, but yeah, after all that, um, those villages survived, um, and they flourished, and uh, and that's it. And that's so, what what species do they have? Sort of um, here. Yeah. Yeah, here, uh, bird species, uh, partridge, and uh, have any goat goat species? Uh, on there? No, all, all most of all the goats uh, there were um, either owned by someone or oh yeah, there's, but there's no wild goats. There. No, they'd all yeah, yeah. yeah they were always on somebody's land, so they became yeah. a yeah. As you can imagine, no, my dad got the towel in the World War Two, when the Germans came through, Italians came through. Um, they pretty much shot the hell out of everything to survive and, and carry on. Yeah. Um, yeah, they ate and, and burnt through all the villages and yeah, so they, they had a really rough time here. Yeah. A huge hunger. So they resorted to hunting. Yeah. Hunting was the main source. Um, and they would, would reload their own um, shotgun shells and it was one shot, one kill, otherwise they'd get hungry. It was such a value in that, yeah. in that reload. They had to make yeah. it happen, so they had to become good. Yeah. See, my, my dad would not pull the trigger unless he had a good shot. Yeah. Um, and then um, and then in most cases he'd he'd save the ears and the feet off the head, and um, to make it that it was a good hunter, he would walk through the village with the hair that he shot a few days ago, with his ears and his feet hanging out of the back. Out of the back. <laughs> so showing he gets one every day. Showing <laughs> every day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was a small town, yeah, a small village, yeah. That was Instagram back then. That was Instagram <laughs> back then. That was his way of saying, you know, I know where the hair are. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, so, um, yeah, from hearing those stories, um, and then um, uh, my dad migrating to Australia, um, and then when he got um, settled in, married, and, you know, the mother was looking after the kids, he'd duck out, go for a hunt with his mates and bring back, like, 40 hairs, 50 hairs in one night. Like, yeah. just absolutely, yeah. Uh, ravage hairs off, um, off the side of the road way out west. Oh yeah, just go for drives, never had a block. Yeah. There was hundreds of thousands of hairs um, all over the road and rabbits and all that. Yeah. Just that, it was a 12 hour, 24 hour shift. So they drive out there, they would, they would have driven for six hours, um, shoot hairs at night and then come back, um, you know. Um, Straight away, just keep yeah. rolling. Keep yeah. rolling, like shoot 10, stop, clean them. Yeah. Um, Esky them up, um, pack them all in and then when the eskies were full, they'd come back. It was a 24 hour trip. They had no time to sit there. They had no tent. No camp for it. No. It's in the back of a ute or station engine, wagon. Yeah, the engine in the station wagon in Kingswood would run for 24 hours. They were back. And uh, uh, yeah, that was, um, that was, that's all they knew. Yeah. That's all they had. And, and, and it wasn't like um, fun and games. They had to come back with. With, yeah, had to make it worthwhile, otherwise mum at home would kick your yeah. ass. Yeah. Yeah. So, for surely, um, others found properties, access, pigs, goats, but nobody ever heard of any deer yeah. back then. Yeah. Heard of, no, yeah. Nobody shot deer. And, uh, and then... Uh, so what age did they, did you start jumping in the vehicle? Um, oh, there, the day I turned 18, I got my shooter's license. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to own my, my own gun. The first gun I bought was a 22 LR lever action, Winchester. And from there, uh, we evolved to shotguns. Most of our hunting was rabbits and goats. The old pig, still no deer. No and all, all eating, 
Well, yeah, keeping we everything. everything. You were brought up to keep everything. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, Your no, priority sure. was providing food yeah. before trophies. Yeah, yeah. And even before pest control, it was yeah. all base of yeah. providing meat. Yeah, you have the sense you're proud that you come home and feed. A provider. A provider, yeah. Not only... Um, uh, Everyone else's family at the same time. Yeah, that was... If you could feed the other family as well, oh, you were like the king. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That, that's a cool that's a cool concept that they don't it doesn't even skip on the radar now like there's a few people do it but with the the mindset that the trophy is being able to feed the most people is not even that wouldn't even flip on a modern sort of young fellow's hunting scope that because of the ample amount of food and it's not trying times and and the newer generations don't tend to like game meat so yeah. yeah those older people that grew up on it that yeah, was your, your parents yeah. generation grew up on it so oh, that yeah. was their yeah. they loved it slow cooked um hair in the stew there with onions and that red ready sauce yeah what's the die for yeah if you were eating that then you're you were living <laughs> you were living yeah. yeah 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 down the supermarket and say oh yeah my son shot 12 hairs oh mine only shot 10 yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. but, no, uh, that's a so that's um so the we'll, we'll touch on the club so you you were one of the founding members of the Hellenic Hunters, and what was it called at the beginning, the Fishers Club, or because the, the because this this will drum this idea of being politically correct many years ago, um, and uh, and and you know showing firearms and having a firearms um, logo, or um, calling a club you know a hunting club or a shooting club. Yep. Um, I thought at the time was being politically incorrect and and we call ourselves Hellenic Outdoor Sporting Association just to keep everyone happy yeah but on the cover we're a hunting club and, yeah yeah um, but then as the years um, came on and um, and uh, we sort of woke up to all that garbage bullshit, bullshit. yeah <laughs> we just may call us Hellenic Hunters yeah yeah. Yeah. So our real club's name is Hellenic Australian Hunting and Target Shooting Association, but our nickname in short we called they started calling us Hellenic Hunters. Yep. And I think that's where it stayed, yeah. And that that I think that whole that your well, your ethnic background and the same as a lot of the guys in the club has created that standard among the club where you guys you shoot to eat. You yeah. shoot to provide and, and there's no if it's a trophy is an extra. Yeah. And that's what I love about the club. You come down and it's like, I ate this or I've got this in my freezer. It's not, there was no one saying I've shot a sixteen point red or a two hundred forty point fellow. When we got there, people were keen just to go and hunt. Hunt. With their mates. Me, yeah. Yeah. And it was we're first generation Greeks and we learnt that idea, you know, that was our upbringing is um if you're not going to kill it, yeah. if you're not going to eat it, then, then they kill it. And uh, that was the idea. Um, so our club um, has a lot of first, uh, you know, uh, first Greeks, you know, first like my age. Yeah, yeah. The, fir the first um, generation born in Australia outside the immigration. Yeah. yeah. Second generation, they're all like, oh, I want to shoot my first deer now, tomorrow. Like, yeah. yeah. So, and that's where you've, that's another good thing with the club, you guys. Um, you don't shun that, but you you encourage all the other behaviours first and then they can earn their position to come with one of you guys, which is what I, I found great is the club's got got some, which is the basic gist of this uh, 
we'll be talking about how to develop your your public land state forest hunting. So yeah. it all is all relevant into why this is why you've you've gotten to where you are in your state forest hunting yeah. and and so the club you you promote that and if someone's worthy, which most of them are, you can tell from the word go who's just there to yeah. to to burn powder and who's there to to live and breathe this kind of mentality. So, and you, you like to nurture that. And you probably, more than anyone I know, probably put more, well, other than guides, um, people onto their first animals. Yeah. With I, that. I enjoy that. Yeah. I get a kick out of more than what they do. I, I get, um, yeah, it just uh, gets me going. Um, and, um, and a lot of them haven't been brought up. Like, like Millie and that, that, Never in her life had anything to do with that, and then worked and worked and worked and showed yeah, commitment yeah. and was rewarded. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and she couldn't hold a firearm the first time she came to our club, and then she was shooting um, 17 out of 25 and 20 out of 25 clays in shotgun. Um, learned her gun handling, her safety. Um, then we took her out hunting, no problem. She pulled the trigger uh, and works hard. Yeah. Does the miles? Uh, yeah, yeah, does the miles. Yeah, work should do. Walk up and down any mountain, uh, look for that. Um, deer or pig or whatever it may be um keen and 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 i like that when people you're willing to yeah. that's the another thing with the um with that mentality yeah any most people in the club are the same it, it seems to attract attract them and then if they're if they're not like that they don't fit in but yeah that are willing to help people out yeah. which also i love about in, it in the in the very beginning when we never had state forests to hunt it was always like, uh, you know, invite me to your mate's property or... You had to be trusted yeah, otherwise. Yeah, yeah. come to your mate's property. And, and it was all about properties and he knows a few properties and he doesn't. And, so whoever's uh, got the best property. Whoever's got the best property. Yeah, it, was, it was the king, you know. And, and then, you, you know, Robert Borjak with the game council, he was, it was the groundbreaking, you know, public land access. Yep. That was that was a game changer in our, in our club. Our members made everyone doubled in a year, and but it put everyone on a level playing field. Yeah, Suddenly, yeah. everyone has the same yeah. block. Yeah, that's it. And people, people, the same rules. People don't look at that. Still, they still don't look at that as as a as an access point where literally I want a property. I want a property. There's state forest out there which has got as much game on it as any property. Mm-hmm. The problem is you haven't got a property owner to tell you where it is. Mm-hmm. Most of it's not cleared. Some of it is where it's been timbered, but it's literally the same deal. You've just got to go and visit it multiple times. So, so how did so from that first moment to now, you're pretty much shooting an animal within your group. You're shooting a samba or a fallow or a pig, almost every different. single hunt, and it's all public land. It's yeah. all state forest every time. Several state forests, pretty much branching across the whole New South Wales border, yeah. all the way to Kosciuszko. Yeah. Well, in that, yeah, that Eden. southern region, Eden yeah, across. Eden, all the way to Kosciuszko. You guys are somewhere in the club hunts, somewhere in that area, and you're always successful. Always and successful, yeah. How, how did we come about? How did you get to that point? So I know it's been a long, a lot of years, yeah. but I can't say the same about going to my blocks, which I've got taken some good animals, but... I can't say I can go there every day and see an animal and shoot it, but you've got tens of thousands of acres at your disposal. Yeah. So how do how do people make that work? How did you start? By um, well, your odometer's got a lot of kilometres on it. Yeah, I know yeah, that because well, it's sure. about six hours down and back. Yeah, six hours on my cars through <laughs> the process. Yeah, yeah, well, Camper trailers, cabins, cabins swags, yeah, yeah. tents. Well, we all started from tents to. Um, 
Yeah, and, and when State Forest opened up, we were like pioneers with the game search. No one had been, well, no, well no people one. had been hunting them, but not yeah. legally. So. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. The idea of poaching and, and um, you know, talking to a few of the um, older seniors in our club and, and, you know, like he's driven through a state forest that we hunt 25 years ago looking for Samba. Yeah. Couldn't find them and went further into Victoria and finally found, saw a couple, and you know, that was it. That was 25 years ago. It was, Samba was still elusive. And, uh, um, but now, um, you know, we stay forest, but, but the idea of poaching now is frowned upon like, oh, look, this guy, he's poaching. But back then, that's what the options were. That's all it, that's all it yeah, was. Yeah, do road runs. Yeah, yeah. road runs and, and, you know, hop in there and sneak in and out and get your deer and get out. That's all it was. Now, we've got access to millions of acres of... Yeah. Of, of and people are still land. complaining about it. And they're still complaining about it. I don't know where it is. And, 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 but I find that um, the sad thing is that probably about 50% of guys that that go to State Forest, um, probably don't go there again. They don't get out of their car. They don't get out of the car. They don't put boots on the ground. They don't yeah. work. Um, I've done my yards. I've done kilometers, hundreds of kilometers of footwork through State yeah, Forest. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know every nick and where I hunt. I know every, every gully, gully, every gully, everything. Um, and that's simply because I put in hours. Uh, so you, st- you started out by driving out and you, you pretty much work your way into the forest. Start on the edge, start working your... There wouldn't have been Google Earth when you started sort of as much. Yeah, Google Earth. No, when I started, I had two GPSs. And a paper map. Yeah, I had a paper map. I had two GPSs. I had one with a bigger view. And I had downloaded um, bird's eye satellite image from Garmin back then. Just a single single JPEG image or something. And I used to try and match up, uh, match because there was no... um, uh, service, yeah, yeah no service, phone service. No back phone service. So yeah. you had to rely on your paper map where you can or can't hunt, and then you had to rely on the uh, Google image that you had downloaded in your maps, and look at river systems and borders and work out where you were and where you can and you can't hunt, and that's how we started. And now, now, yeah, there's no real excuse now. You can most of them down there is a lot without. You can't. You rip your phone out. You know if you're in a red zone or a green zone. Yeah. Back then. There probably wasn't anyone running around there auditing were no iPhones back then. Yeah, there was no data probably. There was no data, yeah. yeah. So, you couldn't download it, you know. so you just slowly worked your way and as you would with a private block, you just became more familiar and stuck it out with that area. The goal was for me was to um, hunt public land in the beginning. I thought, okay, I'm going to have to try to go, go hard on this and come up with the idea that I can uh, leave my home in a day, um, hunt deer, or a pig or a goat and come back in a day in public land. That was the idea. I thought if I can do it in a day or even an overnight stay, yep. I'll, I'll try and source that, that public land close to So you can, if your freezer's empty, you know, you get the weekend off, you want to be able to yeah. go away, yeah. get some meat and come home. Without having the, the wife and the kids and everybody, you know, saying, oh, where's dad and you've been gone. Yeah, not taking, yeah, yeah, not yeah. taking a huge yeah. amount, massive yeah. impact on family life. Yeah, so yeah. the amount of my disposable time I had was very low. Yes. Also my disposable income. So I had to make it work and I had to visit the same state forest which is two and a half hours from Sydney and keep on uh, visiting that place until I worked out where the goats were, where the pigs were, yep. eventually where the deer were. So and then I fine-tuned it to a day trip. I'd get up, I'd leave at four in the morning and I'd come back at seven or eight at night and I'd have, I'd have either goat or pig meat or a deer 
Yep. Or some rabbit or something at the very least. Um, and then I'd come home with that and I'd do that in the day. And that's all um, goats and pigs were worth to me at that time. But I still never nailed samba and I never nailed yeah. the reds and the, and the fallow and all that. And then I thought, okay, how far would I travel to get a deer? To get a deer. That was the next mission. Yeah. <laughs> and then after I accomplished the pigs and goats, I, I, th- I thought, okay, let's, let's head south. And we went north a little bit. So they were, without giving, like, we, you don't want to give away, but they were in state forests that were heading west over past Katoomba and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah just over the mountain there. Yeah. And, um, so within, like, if someone lived in Penrith, oh. it's like a 45-minute drive. Yeah. 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 Incredible, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, anyway. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's, that's, that's the beauty about it. Um, it just opened up, it opened up our club to more members. But it put, it put hunting within reach yeah. of honest yeah. people. Yeah. And with that, I started promoting um, public land hunting. And, and, and people joined the club and say, oh, do you guys got properties? Yeah, we've got properties, but we've got shitloads of public <laughs> land. <laughs> and where do you want to go? Then I started um, uh, d- deliberately setting up guys in these close estate forests for their first pig or their first goat hunt. Yep. And I'd give them GPS marks. You need to go there, you need to shoot. This is the habit. Yeah, yeah. it's all in the day. Yeah. yeah. Your wife won't even know you've gone that way. There's no impact on the. Because a lot of these guys are like they they've got the naggy wives. Yeah. In the yes, club, wives. especially. Yeah, they just need to get away. Yeah. But they, don't, they can't get away for too long. That's right. That was a comment of yeah. some of them. I, I was at the club meeting. I think one fellow says, "I haven't even shot anything. I just come here to get away from the missus." Yes. <laughs> so he comes to the club to talk hunting. Yeah. 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 So. Um, yeah, but then how far are you, uh, are you willing to travel for? For deer, and um, and so I, I was trying to work out where I can go, where I can get all three species of deer, fallow, reds, and samba, and and where would that be? So what what time frame was this? Two years later. Two years. Um, I've been I've been hunting that forest for almost eight years now. The one that I hunt down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and in that period of eight years, I've, I've fine-tuned it. I've worked out where the animals are. Um, so from from hunting out west here, say, did it take 12 months' worth of trips to get guarantee you an animal out west? So was it 10 trips? One, two. On, on the second trip, we nailed goats. You nailed goats straight yeah. up. On the yeah. first trip, I saw the sign. The second trip, we... And you knew that goats hang around in higher country. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The poorer. Yeah. Like, you, you, you knew what you were chasing to start yeah. with as well. It's... It's no point going to a state forest and walking in having no idea on the species you're after. Yeah. So it would pay to know what they eat and what whether they're, I think it's lalopathic or something about goats like to camp at altitude and they'll find the highest bluff with visual where they can look out. They don't camp inside the thick scrub. So there's a there's other little tips like that for looking for them. Pigs like cover, like in the, the dark damp spots, things like that. The, if you know that, that'll narrow down your search in a state forest. There's no good showing up at a state forest not knowing what you want to hunt. Yeah. You can't just walk around and expect to see something. So, yeah, yeah so you've not, you, you would have had an idea of but, where things live. I was hunting um, a natural state forest. Natural. Yeah, not a, not a not pine a, plantation. Not a pine plantation. Yeah. And then I realised the benefits of um, hunting in a pine plantation. And um, when I first started hunting in pine plantations, I... I was saying, do, do, do deer really, you know, walk out of the pines? Or do they walk into the pines? Do they bed down into the pines and all that? Um, yes, they do. Yeah. <laughs> I was amazed. Because and, and like, there's nothing in, you wouldn't, when you walk into a mature pine plantation pre being uh, cut, 
Mm. There's no vegetation in there. It's just needles forever. So you yeah. think nothing would come in here because there's nothing offered except for shelter. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and the block next door has just been harvested yeah. and all the grass has grown because there's now no needles on the ground, yeah. Yeah. which was a great mulch layer. So you've got grass and you've got shelter. Yeah. Fine where it's close to water. So you had to... So you, you started patterning the environment more so than the deer to start with. Yeah, I started working out habitats and then I, I thought well, these, these recent cuts and the, and the recent planted uh, new, new pines. So this is about four year, three or four years in too, isn't it? Yeah, I, I worked When out. we first met, you, st- yeah, you yeah. just started to work yeah, out. To work I think you shot your first Samba stag just four years ago, I think. When was your first stag? Yeah. 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 And you just, we'd worked it out. You said, I know what, what, Age the, the the new crop of pine get to when they like the sweet tips, but it wasn't just an overnight showing up there. It was it was constantly. Yeah, I had that guide. No, who's going to guide me? Like who's going to come? Guide. Who's going to drive six hours to a state forest, yeah. hunt their ass off, and turn around and drive back um, again? Yeah, 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 yeah. And and even my younger brother was saying, um, you know, there's no deer here. Never coming here again. <laughs> look at me in the eye again. They never call me to come here again. <laughs> Tony. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'd ruined my whole weekend. After we had a great weekend, yeah. he didn't see a deer. Yeah. Never coming here again. They never called me to come. Didn't have the same ethics. It took a while to swing him around. Yeah. Tony just walks into the bush. And but I, I had like... Or Jerry just walks into the bush and just shoots. Yeah, yeah. Tony's the one he wonder. He just <laughs> speed marlin, he's shot everything, you know. <laughs> just walks in, oh, it's great, look, bang. It's easy just to shoot a samba. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, Jerry shot the first samba. Um, at Bondi about a year, a year before I shot mine, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, just walking up the river. Back. You never know. You never know. Well, we walked the first hunt. You took me in on one of the, one of the forests down there. It. Um, we saw that one in hard velvet, and I was yeah. too stubborn to shoot it with a rifle, so I went in for the stalk and got blown. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's literally what. Few hours in. Yeah, it was funny because in the beginning we we're saying, "Oh, it's on velvet, let it go." <laughs> yeah, we'll come back and shoot it when it's fully handled. Yeah. But now, looking at the number of samba in You just shoot it. You just shoot it. Oh, it would have been my first samba. Yeah. Samba stag on my first samba hunt. It would have been. But I was just too stubborn to do it with the bow. So. Yeah. Yeah. so now I don't. Now I'm, I'm keen. I just want to eat one to be like I just said to a few people, I need to go shoot one to eat. Yeah. Now, now we're chasing like trifectas. Now we're, we're trying to shoot uh, all three species in, in the one, one tree. Yeah. yeah. So that's eight years to get to that. So if you, yeah, so you're not, you can't just walk into a state forest. So, so you, so first of all, to get into access to a state forest, what's the first hurdle that people have to get over? Um, once I've got all of the above, uh, license and, you know, backpacks so, and. Yeah. So, so, so someone who's never, They've just decided they've got their gun license and they want to hunt state forest in New South Wales. So they need to get their R license. Yes. So they're not a G license, this is an R license. They're a restricted license um, issued by the DPI. In the beginning, it was the Game Council and the DPI took over. The DPI did a great job. And uh, yes, yeah, so you need your restricted license with that in your orange hat and you need to know and understand how it all works. You need to um, download your permission. Um, screenshot that or save that as a PDF into your phone, um, download the latest maps, uh, the maps every quarter the maps change, so you need to have the latest map in the area you're hunting and, um, and 
then um, yeah, off you go. So, so the, the, the R license requires a sit-down course. And most clubs offer that. Like yeah. I know you guys do, we do. Yeah. Um, yeah. They come in, they can do their R course and they'll coach you and inform you. Because if you're coming in green, you can't expect to know. You need to, yeah, to have people um, give you a bit of familiarity with what you're doing first. So you need your R licence and then... Uh, do you need a, you don't need a gun licence to get your R licence. You can get your R licence to start scouting state forest first. Um, as a bone hunter? Yeah. 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 Um, or as a pig dogger in some areas, you're allowed to, to do it as well. And there's conditions like uh, spotlighting's not allowed in some. Yeah. Um, depends, I think, with the deer now. I'm not sure if it changed with the deer. But so they'll get an R licence. And then your, your letter of permission is a big deal. If you, you can have that letter of permission and you don't sign it, yeah. you'll get fined. It's changed now. So now um, before you had to download the paperwork and sign it and print it. And have a copy with you on your person. Right. Now you just need to screenshot shoot it. Because oh. it's, it's good because um, with it, if you change your mind on the day and you decide to hunt the state forest next door, yep. once you've got reception, you can um, uh, uh, do your harvest return for the state forest you just finished hunting. Yep. And so you're going to hunt the next day at this other state forest next door. You can um, uh, book your hunt for the next door state forest. It's 24 hour, is no, there? No, a, no not even, no. no. You can do it straight away. Yeah, yeah. So, so you go onto the DPI website and then follow, you have yeah. to navigate yourself. We yeah. can't really talk that through you over log the podcast. Now. Yeah, log yep. in now. Um, You'll have to create a, a user ID and log in and put all your details in. Yeah, you get a screw number and a um, annualized number, put that in. Um, Permission, um, uh, book permission to state forest, and it'll tell you how many people, what parts are available, yeah, yeah, what how parts many are spots. Some state forests are booked out year round. <laughs> yeah, some, some, <laughs> some yeah. popular ones. Some popular ones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and even though they're booked out, I don't think that um, um, I get a feeling that people book them out because they think, oh, it's great. It's always been booked out. If that's if that's always booked out, maybe we should book out, book that place, and go because it's a yeah, shooting a lot of deer there. It's not the case, you know. The there may be a, a state forest that's got one person in it, and they just haven't realised that it's also full of deer. Yeah. You just have to find them, or it's full of pigs, and yeah, yeah you don't know it because not many people go there. Yeah, it's worth exploring. Yeah, worth exploring, and if you find a spot and um, and you start seeing deer coming out in the afternoons or in the mornings, um, yeah, go there's no big secret to hunting a plantation forest if. Uh, find the feed. If, if you've been to a place you've never been before, um, jump in your car in the morning and just as the sun's coming up, just hoon around those dirt roads. And if you see deer running in, especially Samba, they run into the tree line from a distance as a year coming down the dirt track. Um, there is a 90% chance they're going to walk out at the same spot. That's only if you see them in the morning run in. If you see them at night, running in on the car lights doesn't mean that they're going to be there be there in the afternoon yeah. because they might do a big circuit at night and then end up bidding somewhere else. Um, so yeah, the trick is in the morning, you see them running in the morning, they're going to be walking out in the afternoon, rough, rough around the same area. So they're heading back to bed that, that morning, they're heading back to cover. Yeah, they're heading back to cover. So you yeah. want to get them just as they, yeah. they cross that road and they're, they're in that tree line and all that. And just mark the spot on your phone um, and find a vantage point. Um, and hunt that spot. Yeah, scope it out, and then um, with your wind, in your, with the wind in your favour, sit on top of that hill with your binos and just 
wait for the sun to set and see what comes out. Yeah, he'll, he'll come out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the and the fellow, how do you find them in the state forest? Yeah, fellow move around, um, and they um, obviously. They aren't in the depths of it as much as the samba. They're more on the fringy of the state yeah, forest. The they're going to go out and rob um, the, the cropping. They're, they're grazing out deer. and um, So they'll be out there um, robbing the crop. And then they'll be coming. So the best way to intercept them is um, just hang on those long fence lines on the state forest side. And, and look for pop holes. Look fence look for footprints yeah, and tracks yeah, 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 yeah look for where the, 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 the scrub yeah. comes in close to the fence line yeah and yeah, then just sit up there and uh so walk a few boundaries yeah where you're allowed to hunt yeah, and, they, and they won't go too far in especially those even pigs are the similar aren't they they'll they'll move 100 meters in and have a bedding spot and then if they can access that feed on the farmer's block neighboring on they'll move out to yeah. feed so you just have to to do the miles yeah Walking straight through the middle of the scrub may not necessarily yield anything. Yeah, no, it won't. No, and, and then, um, you know, come sunset and the hour before sunset, you, Golden you, hour. you want to be sitting somewhere with a bit of a view of a tree line. If you're, if you're moving, it's hard to see them moving and that's the best time yeah, that they're yeah, moving. Yeah, so you need to be stationary somewhere um, yep. and, and waiting for them to pop out and lining them up. Uh, if you're driving around at that time of night, it's etiquette that... Um, don't drive around that last hour yeah sunset <laughs> like park your car sit up somewhere high and just glass if you, yeah. if you haven't found a spot just glass and then work out your next afternoon hunt um, there's a lot of guys that are out there they've already set up their targets and they set up their hillside views and all that and the the last advantage points is you driving with your mates with the music on yeah windows the down the windows down you're yeah, hooning around and things like yeah. that yeah bit of etiquette there um you know. Yeah, because you won't be alone. You're not necessarily alone, but having having multiple people, people worry, oh, I've run into someone. We're not all idiots. And you're going to have your blaze orange on in a state forest. And if anything, sometimes it can work with you if they push game through, but then sometimes you have to be aware of other hunters. And, and like you said, that's a that could be a deal where too many people are ruined. So, yeah, in those the first hour of the morning and the last hour of an evening, yeah, don't go flogging the vehicle around the... Yeah. the joint hoping to run in something across the road and get a quick shot off because it's yeah, no. a good chance it won't happen no, that's what I'm there's no way he's going to sit there and wait for you to slip out of the car get bits on the ground so walk off the road and, and shoot it yeah. yeah make the effort so would you say you've covered every boundary line and every every yeah. track every track yeah every track every creek every creek I've walked through all that yeah, I know. So that. now I've got so many possibilities, I even confuse myself sometimes. I'll go here today. You, you're <laughs> yeah. arguing, having should a mental I, yeah, argument. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> argument again. Should I, shouldn't I, should I, you know, and uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, getting a kick out of guys who um, are about to shoot the first deer and setting all up, especially, um, um, you know, I've tried setting up men in their 80s. Yeah. Um, young women. So you've uh, spotted these deer previously in yeah. other hunts and you know that they're coming in and out. Yeah. And you'll, you'll, all right, that's an easy vantage point. I'll pick that spot and I'll bring, I'll build down here and we'll sit him up there and it's a 250-metre shot he can make that easy. Yeah, yeah. And you'll put him yeah. up there. Which, which gets gets guys that are able, that have got all of the above, yeah. scratching their head thinking, you know, this guy's 80 years of age and he just shot his first deer. Yeah. And, you know, and I haven't even shot my first Amber or, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And these guys are doing it or, or girls just shot their first stag and, oh my God, like, 
She, had, she only just started hunting just six started months ago. Six months ago, yeah. yeah. And you just had a cracker sample stack and um, or, or a good red. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's I, I like yeah. playing that sort of game and getting guys to scratch it. Like, oh, she shot one. Yeah, why can't you, mate? What are you doing wrong? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that, yeah, get your R license. Get your R license. Work out a forest near you. And lots of people ask what's the best state forest to hunt in, but that's not what it's about. It's about going out and earning the property that you choose. So I always use, everyone has heard of Nundle State Forest because it's got, it, it gets fairly well hammered. It's booked out in the rut among other, there's other state forests out west of here that get booked out nine months of the year. It's only when the deer casts their antlers that they stop getting booked out. But you got to make it your own. I've said it before. You have to make that like you have your property and you go there every chance to a point now that you you guys have bought a block of land nearby. So you go down, you've got your own permanent camp and you just roll in, set up camp, you book your forest, pick which one you want to go and yeah. off you go. Off we go, yeah. And it's just like having an unlimited access to your own private block. Yeah, so our, 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 our block is, is an extension yeah, uh, you know, to the state forest. Yeah, uh, you know, it's it's uh, we're we're not. Um, There's nothing. It's not like having it on a national park or anything. It's nothing sinister or illegal. It's just that you you've done the ultimate, as in you don't have to pay for a hundred thousand acres. Yeah, I don't have to buy a hundred thousand acres to shoot you. You're making it work, yeah. and and it's 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 there for everybody. Yeah, and all you need is an R license. And, and you're a stakeholder. Yeah, you're a stakeholder you're a in that state forest. And the more, and a lot of people will put down on there, see, after every hunt you have to have a, a report. I missed a hunt we booked and I didn't put in a, what are they called, the reports? Harvest return. Harvest return. And then I got cancelled from booking any other hunts after that and I haven't booked again at a state forest to see what happened from that. I rang them up. But, yeah, in harvest return, um, a lot of people... There's two sides to it. People are like, I won't put in that I saw anything because I don't want anyone to see the statistics. But in the same note, we have to justify that we're hunting. So you put down every single deer you shoot because it shows that we are making a difference and it's worth having us in there. Every fox, every introduced species that and more <laughs> that are there that you've killed that have to go in because... You need to make sure that we're still giving them a reason to allow us in there. Yeah, yeah. And the more people that are in there, the more our percentage of safe hunting goes up, mm -hmm. the more animals get taken, the more revenue yeah, for less, our licenses. The less, the less poison they use. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Less 1080 gets dropped. Yeah. It's just all benefits. Yeah. And, and, um, and, and it's just tens and hundreds of thousands of acres that are worth a long weekend or are worth taking a week off work yeah. to go and hunt. You guys take you guys take a couple of weeks off during the rut. Yeah. And go down and, yeah, yeah yourself, you've shot a, a five by five? Someone, there's been a few red deer taken out of a yes. couple of different yeah, forests. There's a few stags that turn up every year. They just run, yeah, yeah a couple of randoms that show up and you've yeah. got to be there, got to be in it to win it. Yeah, they just keep coming there. Yeah. yeah. The more I look at these maps, the more I realise there's, there's, there's a lot of deer in there. Yeah, a lot of country. Because a lot of state forest country too, there isn't any tracks in it. it it's, it'll have a, a, a like a, a log section or even some of it's not. And then it'll have 
10,000 acres of virgin bush that has never been touched. It's just locked up and it's all accessible, but it gets pretty thick. But there's other parts. If you get on Google Earth and look for those pockets, those green patches, um, always worth a bit because if you're thinking, if you're a goer and you're thinking, I'm not going to bother going in there, then 99% everyone else has said the same thing. And probably it could, there might be no one that's gone in there and it's just, be worth it so yeah. for, for, for a trophy for a stag let's say stag samba yeah you'd want to go like you know in a zone of silence where you know nobody goes there there's no real um, fire trails nearby um, you know it's way out out there and yeah it's worth a hike in there for a trophy not for, yeah. not for a meat animal yeah I think um, there, there are much easier ways to, to, to they don't want to carry a full yeah, samba they don't want to carry a full samba like, yeah. you know yeah and you're travelling that far down there, you want to bring all the meat back yeah. you can. And, 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 you know, the guys that live in Sydney, there, there is no reason to drive all the way to Victoria for a Samba. Yeah. You can do it in New South Wales. Oh, they're all the way yeah. there. They're seeing on the Hunter from, Expressway getting hit by yeah, cars. Yeah. From, um, you know, down south, uh, just um, north of Eden. Yep. Yeah. And all that, you've got Rusa. And from there, um, uh, the same Rusa turned to Samba. Yeah, and there's Red a hybrid Fallow, through there. Yep. Then all the way up to Kosciuszko, um, you got uh, a million deer. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's, you drive along the road there on the way into Jindabyne. Yeah. And there's fellow on the side of the road. Yeah. Well, Marigold's pretty popular. Yeah. Um, and now it's balloted because it became that popular. Yeah. So, but the funny thing about that is, is there's state forest right near it again. And it's popular during the rut, but the deer do have to go somewhere else. If they're not there in the rut, they're somewhere else, and there's other state forests nearby. So, things like that. This is, it's. Yeah. There's so much if you want to do your hard work. People will spend days door knocking and driving around, especially where I live. Constantly, guys coming up from Sydney, yeah. four hours drive, door knocking for two days. A lot of them don't get blocks. Some get little blocks, yeah. or they could spend all that effort finding a state forest that's within four hours drive yeah. and going and hunting it and hunting it any time they want. Mm-hmm. No one to compete with as far as access. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah like, like when I'm asked shooting a, a, a goat and a pig two hours from Sydney, two and a half hours from home, yeah. um, they thought, okay, how far can I go and get deer and, and get deer quite regularly? Mm. So I, I picked a state forest um, just south of Canberra and... Um, so I scouted that state, state forest um, again and again. So a lot of solo hunts, I was doing that. I hadn't shot a thing, I was just like, but I saw all the signs that fellow rubs were there. <laughs> so how many hunts would it deter you? Because a lot of people have got that in their head that, and it, it is like once you crack it, you crack it though, don't you? Yeah. Once you've cracked it, like you know, it's like you've opened a new set of doors. Once you've cracked that point in your, your hunting and scouting, then you see them all the time. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't so, become yeah. a one-off. Yeah, yeah, you see. You see you it all the time. You're all starting time. to know how to move. So so you could have visited that that state forest what, to eight times or six times before you started seeing animals. Uh, yeah, on the fourth time. Fourth time. So fourth time. a lot of, yeah. there's persistence. Yeah, big state forest, really. Yeah. North to south state forest, a long one. And um, uh, yeah, that morning I, I told my brother Jerry, I said, You walk this way, I'll walk that way. I'll meet you at the fence line. And I hear a bang, and he gets me on a two. I go, What did you shoot? He goes, I shot a buck. <laughs> okay, you serious? He goes, I shot a buck. Did you come and see it? 
Well, and I thought to myself, I've done, I've done all this hard work. This <laughs> first trip. First trip again. It was his first trip there too. And he builds a buck. And, uh, and I go, wow, that's it. Then then we thought, okay, well, we've mastered that state forest. It's good. Uh, we'll go again, no problem. Uh, trying to work out accommodation and camping and all that. And then we thought, okay, that's good. We sort of mastered the the trip there, where, where, where we stop and get from fuel to food. To streamline it, make yeah, it more efficient. Yeah, make yeah. it more efficient. Uh, we worked that one out, and then I came with the thought, let's go further south, because the more south we're going, closer to the Samba country. Yeah, closer to Samba, and, and Samba was the ultimate. I mean, Samba is. You still do. You still. You still. You still just Samba. Yeah. Even in the right, you've got uh, the. You had the red for a while, but still Samba. It's yeah, always the priority. Yeah, yeah. Samba's exciting. Yeah, um, you know, reds are a touch and go. They. Uh, you know, there's, there's hinds there, you know, obviously the stags find the hinds, stags turn up, locals usually get into it before we do. They, they, they know. They, yeah. they, they know when the stags turn up, um, and uh, yeah, good for them. Um, but yeah, the samba are just uh, an animal, they're addictive to hunt. Yeah, you see one, I know. See yeah. Two, you start monitoring, you, you, you're watching a couple, you think, yeah, you shoot one, and then you look at the video and you realise that, this is the new one. I thought I shot the one that I filmed last week, but this is a new stag that just turned up. They're just everywhere. They just keep coming. Yeah. And then your chances of seeing a big one, they could just pop out at any minute. So you got that cast antler that. Yeah. yeah. Did Jerry find that? Yeah, Jerry step, it's a yeah. pretty good casty, big, heavy casty, but. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen some crackers bigger than that. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen some elusive big heads. Once. Out once, yeah. They just, they know, they know you're there. They know, you know, especially on the coming back from the hunt at night. Um, off the car lights, you see this. As soon as those, like we turn the corners and he's up on the hill, and as soon as he, he sees those car lights, he's, he's running for cover, and you can see the size of this guy's head. He knows he's been probably shot at or chased in the past, and he's purely nocturnal. Yeah. Come out after the sun goes down. Yeah. Um, so, guys like that, usually when they hit about the four, five year old mark, they get shot. Yeah. In a plantation. Fight. Same as a fellow. They that f- three or four, they get their fourth head. And they, they hit a size where that, that'll do. And then you've got the other Samba that just stands there and looks at you because he's in the red zone and he knows it. Yeah. <laughs> and watches your cars go past. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, they, somehow they know. That. That's their zone of silence. You know, you, obviously it's a red zone, you can't go there or yep. come out of corners of private properties and, um, and, and, and crown lands that you can't access and national parks and they, they eventually head into state forests. Yeah. Um, but that's hard. Like, that's a bit... Um, I mean, yeah, it is hard work, but the idea is that you need to be there before the sun comes up and intercept him on the way in. That's that's that's, that's the way. Yeah, that's, that's the way. A, you yeah, need yeah. to you need to yeah. work them out. So. Yeah, I'm a bit lazy because I've been doing a lot of work on this property we bought, so the morning hunts are out of the picture for me now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get a bit of work done and then go out in the afternoon. And yeah, just yeah. an hour in the afternoon, and um, hopefully something pops out. Um, yeah, usually good meat animals come out there. Yeah. No, that's. That's good. So how do, if, if someone wants to get their R license, is there a list on the DPI site who does it? Or is it, because it's often a question asked on Facebook, where do I go to get my R license? So lots of clubs do it. Lots of clubs. If you go to the DPI website, there's a list of all the approved clubs that do it. Yep. One or two trainers in each club that does R licenses. And what's the cost? Um, to do the test, depending on who does the test for you, they can charge you somewhere between um, $30 up to $50 to do the test. Yep. 
And then you pay the DPI direct. And that's a year or two years? Um, per year, it's $75 a year. If you get on five years, it'll be cheaper. Yeah. Uh, and then, um, but don't get your art license until you're ready to hunt deer. Like if you've just got your shooter's license and you're still building up your gear. Yeah. And don't waste your money until you're ready to go out there in the state forest. Yeah, a lot of guys who join a club and they, they, they tell me, oh, look, I, you know, when are we going to go for a hunt? Yeah. Mate, you're about a year away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You've got you to earn it, build up to it. If, if, you, if you're going to get shown. Yeah. Yeah, if you want to go off your own back. Head out there. If you're going to back, you build your car up and, and your gear and your gun and all that and, and work out where you want to go. Yeah. But I'm happy to help those guys that have gone to that extent to put themselves in that position where they're ready to hunt. Yeah, no problem. Um, but um, yeah, other guys that, that get their license and they say, yeah, I'm ready to go. Yeah, you need a lot to learn. You need, you need to watch a lot of YouTube videos. Uh, YouTube's your best friend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you need to do some sort of homework and then go ask as many questions as you can, come to the barbecues and network and, yeah. um, and see who you can relate to. And then somewhere through the crowd of uh, members there, you're going to find some guy that's um, going to give you a helping hand. And, uh, yep. And there's lots of, that's another thing, like uh, the, it's a real small club, but you guys are, have always got something on, whether it's yeah. one of the club members giving a talk or deer experts or butchering or yeah. everything. There's massive yeah. gear, gear talks. Um, yeah. Not trying to, we don't need more members it's nice having a small club yeah. it's a very well run club um but yeah like local clubs are always here oh, i go join a club join a club but it, joining a club is is not about the legal sides insurance is great and training that but it is also clubs and networking that's all it is finding like-minded people who will be close to you in the same area who are looking for a hunting buddy and you can't just go to a club and find one you've got to go to that club for a long period of time build up relationships with people and then those can last lifelong there's no shortcuts to building a relationship with people yeah there's nothing there's, there's many races and creeds out there and um, uh, you know again cultures and personalities but we all have one thing in common which is hunting yeah that's what brings us together and we put on a good spread, put on some good souvlaki on the barbecue. Yep. Um, there's a Greek saying, as where there's food, sit down and eat and enjoy. If there's arguments, get up and go. <laughs> <laughs> it's very rarely, it's a pretty tame. But so if anyone, if anyone was interested to come and, and it, you really wanted to make an effort and they come down and see the Hellenic Hunters Club, um, first Thursday of every month, what's the uh, address? Uh, address is, um, is, is the corner of Macquarie. And Hastings um, Avenue, chiefly. So on your way to La Perouse, as you uh, approach the cemetery, which is on your right, you turn left on Little Bay Road at the roundabout, and then first left, which is Hastings, and you go all the way to the end. I, th- I think I might put it in my phone and I can find yeah. it. It yeah. shows where it is. So yeah. first Thursday, 6.30, says yeah. of every month, there, there's a club meeting. So if you really want to, if you're serious about doing state forest hunts, it's one of the better clubs to get access. There's no hoarding information. Guys will be there. You want to do the yards. You really want to get into this and you don't know anyone. And there's all walks of life at those clubs. It's like people have yeah. never even touched a firearm or even got blood on their hands, wouldn't even know what the inside of an animal looked like. They all start out there. So Yeah, often. Yeah, and there's more clubs out there like that. Um, I haven't heard of many. There's big clubs around, but 
um, yeah, if you're, if you're really keen, yeah, there's guys like Pete and um, other members as well, more than willing to help because that's what that club is all about. Yeah, is it? and then getting you guys into State Forest, into the land, that is ours. Our taxes pay for. Yeah, that's it, yeah. I think we're, we're the only club out there so far from what I... That specialise in State Forest. Specialise, and I think we've, we've probably taken more Samba out of those Southern State Forests than any other club. Not by a mile. Meat animals. This is every weekend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pretty much every weekend. And then when the rut's on, there was a couple of years ago, they yeah. smashed it. Yeah. Yeah, massive because it... Yeah, that, that broad knowledge. You just also, you do your hard yards, the guys will go, yeah, out of the 10 or 15 state forests, they can tell you which one your odds are higher. And um, and the kids, you take the kids. Oh, the kids yeah. Get down the state forest, yeah. Yeah, that's it, yeah. yeah. So one, one other thing is um, when, when I was a kid and I found out that hunting and, and my fishing was, was great, you know, and then I hit my late teens and got involved with girlfriends and, you know, then I sort of forgot it because I, you know, I was chasing hunting other yeah, species. Yeah, other species. And then, then when I got over that, I thought, what made me happy? Yeah. Thought, you know what? Yeah, I'd go back to hunting, and I had to relearn everything again. And again, I think I relearned everything twice through my yeah. career of hunting, and fine tuned it. And um, it does. It does bring. I know there's a lot of club members that it is. There, that's the best part of their life. It's being with the boys, coming to hunt. Yeah. Enjoying the camaraderie and providing and eating and and that they so the excitement of people shooting a deer just to eat it I've never experienced it mm. until the guys out of there. There's no, it's not trophy driven in any way. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, yeah, it's a really really cool environment. So yeah, if you want to check it out, there's a Facebook page, um, Hellenic Hunters Club, I think it is on Facebook, and it has gives you meeting notifications as well. Everyone's welcome to come and have a look. You don't have to be a member for the first trip. Just yeah. don't keep coming back because yeah. the food's good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's <laughs> 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 like is good. But um, yeah. yeah, and if you're looking and you're in the greater Sydney region, it's worth the drive. We, I drive down. Pat and I come down um, four hours. Yeah, as much as we can yeah. to just. And sometimes we just come down to come and say hello. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's really worth the the trip down. And and if you want to hunt and not have a property and have very little experience, it's it's. It'll get, they'll help you get into State Forest. Yeah. And yeah. do insurance and arc license, uh, gun licenses. Gun license. Gun license course, license. Uh, licenses, everything. Should be uh, more clubs like that out there, I think. Yeah. It'd be great, be. great yeah. positive. Yeah. So. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, so. Meet new people. Yeah. On the right track. Any closing thoughts? Any. Closing thoughts? Um, uh, got to do the miles to get the smiles. Yeah, got to do the miles <laughs> to get the smiles. Yeah, yeah, you're going to make a lot of mistakes. You're going to learn from them. Yeah. Um, and ask and just, questions, yeah. And just when you think yeah. you're not going to see something, double what you've just done do it again. Yeah, yeah. And once you're onto them and, 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 um, and, and you're on the money and you're, and you're doing well, um, yeah, once you've had your feed and, and you've you know, exhausted your adventures and your will, Share that information, you know. Pass it on. Pass it on, yeah. yeah. Someone else is going to share something with you one day, something, and you, you'll have something to share. And it's a good thing to share that information. And some, people, some people withhold information until you give them something. Yeah. And you never know that, yeah, like you yeah. said, yeah. 
Yeah, no, it's great. Yeah. Well, thanks for having a chat, Pete. Thanks, Toby. Thanks for having us here. Yeah. People should get something out of this. And yeah, check out the um, Learning Hunters Facebook page if you're interested. Um, you still got to do, you still got to earn it, but they will put you on the right track, give you the tools and techniques mm-hmm. to get out to all that land that is ours to hunt. Yes, you're a stakeholder. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Hunting Camp Down Under podcast. If you would like any information from today's show, please don't hesitate to contact us on huntingcampdownunder at gmail.com or simply hit us up on any of our social media outlets on Instagram or Facebook. Be sure to join us next week for another awesome episode and we look forward to sharing another story from Hunting Camp Down Under. Bye for now.